take your Bibles with me. Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20 is where we're going to go this morning. Jeremiah chapter 20. Book of Jeremiah chapter 20. We're going to begin in verse 1. Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 1. I'm going to be reading to you from the NIV this morning, the book of Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 1. It says this, When the priest Pashur, son of Imer, the chief officer in the temple of the Lord, heard Jeremiah prophesying these things, he had Jeremiah the prophet beaten and put in the stocks at the upper gate of Benjamin at the Lord's temple. The next day, when Pashur released him from the stocks, Jeremiah said to him, The Lord's name for you is not Pashur, but Magor Misabib. For this is what the Lord says, I will make you a terror to yourself and to all your friends with your own eyes. You will see them fall by the sword of their enemies. I will hand all Judah over to the king of Babylon who will carry them away to Babylon or put them to the sword. I will hand over to their enemies all the wealth of this city, all its products, all its valuables, and all the treasures of the kings of Judah. They will take it away as plunder and carry it off to Babylon. And you, Pashur, and all who live in your house will go into exile to Babylon. There you will die and be buried, you and all your friends to whom you have prophesied lies. O Lord, you deceived me, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me whenever I speak. I cry out proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I want to speak to you for the next few moments this morning on the subject, you can't quit now. Would you pray with me? Father, we just thank you and praise you so much for today. Thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. Thank you, Lord, that we can come, that we can worship you, that we can praise you. Lord, I just ask right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you'd anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Give me the clarity of thought, the clarity of speech that is so absolutely necessary to do what you have called me to do. And Lord, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, open their hearts, their minds, and their spirits. And Lord, just do what only you can. And we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. You can be seated here this morning. Look at the person beside you. Make sure they're awake and tell them you can't quit now. We find as we read throughout this that Jeremiah was definitely in a very discouraging time in his life and in his ministry. He has been prophesying and prophesying what the Lord has told him to prophesy has cost him being beaten 
and it will continue to cost him jail. It will continue to cost him, as he said, he's mocked, he's ridiculed. I mean, it's he is having a very tough and a very discouraging time. So I want us to look at just a few things this morning as I look at this, this uh, story here in the book of Jeremiah. I believe, first of all, my first point, if you're taking notes, is this, that Jeremiah probably had unrealistic expectations. Look with me again at verse 7 here in chapter 20. He said, O Lord, you deceived me, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. Now, I've got to stop before I go any further and remind you that we find in the Bible, we find the realism of real people, don't we? We find that these people, there was nobody perfect in this, even in this book, except for Jesus Christ. There was not a prophet. We know Adam and Eve weren't perfect. We know Moses wasn't perfect. You can go all throughout this book, and there's only one perfect person that is in this entire book. And we find that there were men, there were women that were imperfect people that God chose to use, and Jeremiah was one of those people. Can I remind you that God, the Bible is clear, that God is not a man that he should lie. And so Jeremiah here is speaking in frustration. I don't know about you, but I can admit that I've had times that I have spoken in frustration also to the Lord. Now, maybe you're all more holy than I am this morning, but there have been times in my life where I have talked to the Lord in that way also. Jeremiah said, oh, Lord, you've deceived me. You've lied to me. You know, I, I, you know, I think about that, that commercial growing up. My kids, I think they may have seen it once or twice, but he's still on the air growing up. I think he's over in Columbus. He always said, I wouldn't lie to you. Uh, you know, I, I can remember that from growing up. He's still, I guess he's still alive and making them. I saw one the other day on TV. And I think about that. And listen, I don't know. I've never bought a car from the man. But listen, I know what God says. And God says, I will not lie. He is not a man that he can guide. God is not going to lie to you. God is not going to deceive you. God is always going to be truthful. So when we find this, Jeremiah saying this, we know that God did not lie to Jeremiah. But Jeremiah was speaking out of his frustrations. And what I believe was caused by unrealistic Expectations. So let's look at a couple things in this. That God did call Jeremiah at a very early age. Turn back to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. I want us to go all the way back to chapter 1, and I want us to read the calling of Jeremiah here. Jeremiah chapter 1, and we're going to read a few verses here. We're going to start in verse 4, Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and 
to plant. Now, this is a powerful scripture that is a very encouraging scripture. I don't know about you, but it encourages me when I read that. When I read the word of the Lord that says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Can I remind you today, folks, that, that God knows us. He knew us before we were ever even born born, before our parents were ever even born, before our parents ever even met, God knew us. He knew every single one of us. He knew we'd be here today at the Starkville Church of God. He knew exactly what we'd be facing. He knew exactly what we'd be going through. He knew he would know every part of our lives. Listen, it is very possible, I believe, that Jeremiah misinterpreted what God was saying and perhaps developed a picture of his own of what his future would be because you see we read here where the Lord tells him that he said I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot tear down destroy and overthrow to build and to plant he said that God said that in verse 10 of chapter 1 but perhaps Jeremiah got a different picture in his mind I don't know about you folks but there have been times where I feel like God has given me something he's given me and listen I've come to learn this that God very rarely gives me the entire picture God will give us sometimes just bits and pieces all he wants us to know at the time and sometimes we have a tendency to take the bits and pieces that he gives us and we tend to form a picture and an opinion of our own in our own mind. Now, maybe y'all have never done that before, but I have. I've formed opinions, and I've formed pictures, and I've taken it, and I've said, well, this, I believe that this is what God's going to do here in this situation. And by Jeremiah's frustration, I believe that he did the same thing. Perhaps he thought about Samuel, that great prophet Samuel. He was that prophet, that priest. He was the last judge of Israel. He anointed the first two kings of Israel. He informed Saul that he had been rejected by God and then went to Jesse's house and anointed a new king. Saul went to the witch of Endor, in fact, we find, to talk to Samuel beyond the grave because he was so influential. And Jeremiah may have thought that he would have the same respect given to him as Samuel. Samuel walked around Israel in his day and was respected. He was the priest. He was the prophet. He was the judge. He was that holy messenger that had that universal respect. And perhaps Jeremiah thought that, oh, when God told him this, and I'm going to set you above nature, I'm going to appoint you, and I'm going to anoint you, and all these things perhaps he formed an opinion and an image in his mind that God was going to set him up just like Samuel but unfortunately for Jeremiah that's not what happened was it instead what happened to Jeremiah was that, that he had to bring a very difficult message he found himself persecuted by the religious hierarchy. He found himself persecuted by that very government that Samuel once was in charge of. But you know, many Christians misinterpret God's word also. And we create in our own minds what we think that God is going to do in our lives. You know, I believe that. I believe that we do that so many times. 
times. I, you know, I, I, I've told y'all already, I've, I've shared it with you. There has certainly been times in my life where God has done far different things than what I ever expected him to do. You know, I've had different people reaching out to me. You know, sometimes word travels fast and sometimes it's amazing how slow word travels. I had someone reach out to me today and or just this past week and, and talking about how they had saw we had made the transition. And I said, well, you know, in my mind, what I really thought Listen to me. What I really thought and what I really thought that God was going to do was to take us straight from Loosedale here to start for one day. Folks, I had no idea that God had a two-year and two-month detour for us in Illinois. But here's what I've come to understand, folks, in my own life is that God's plans are different than my plans. And if I come to the place where I think I've got it all figured out, if I come to the place where I think I know best, then I am going going to be disappointed and I am going to do like Jeremiah and I'm going to be like God what in the world is going on with this when all the time it was never God that promised that these things were going to happen just exactly like I thought they were Y'all may never have had this happen in your life, but I have. But Jeremiah here is finding that he had something in his mind he thought was going to happen but it didn't. You know, I believe that we think God's going to do certain things in our lives. Maybe that because we're a Christian that people are going to love and respect us. And you know, that's beginning to fade more and more as the days go on. The respect and the love of Christians in our own nation, this nation that was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, this nation that was founded on God, we're finding that's going more and more and more. Maybe maybe that as ministers of the gospel, sometimes we as ministers of the gospel think that people will hold us in, in high regard, but folks, that's, it's not that way anymore. Used to, there was a certain there was a certain respect that came with being a pastor or being a preacher, but that's not the case anymore. You see, sometimes we get in our mind that as children of God, we will have the best of everything. You know, sometimes we get it in our mind and and and, and modern American preachers have not helped this any because they have drilled it in our minds in the prosperity gospel that listen if you're not having if you if you have any problems and if you aren't just rolling around in money then something must be wrong because God wants you to have the best of everything but folks can I tell you that's not ever what God said at all God wants you to be blessed, yes. God wants us to be blessed, but that's not. We get pictures and we get expectations in our mind that God never said. And Jeremiah, like many of us, when our own expectations aren't met, we then begin to question God. So here's what I want to tell you, that it's so dangerous. It is so dangerous for us to build up these expectations of what we think are going to happen because when they don't happen, we begin to question God when it was never God's fault at all. It was our own fault. That God never, ever said that. Secondly, if you're taking notes, Jeremiah had a difficult but true message and people did not like it. Look back at our text at the second half of verse 7 and then verse 8. He said, I'm ridiculed all the day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach 
all day long. You see, God had a different calling for Jeremiah. God called Jeremiah to point his finger in Israel's face, call them out on their sins, and tell them that God's judgment was coming. Well, guess what, folks? Just like today in 2021, people didn't, don't like it. Even people back then didn't like it either. People do not want to hear when they are in the wrong. We're blaming it on everybody else today. It's got to be somebody else's fault somewhere else. Nobody wants to take the responsibility. They don't want to be called out on their faults and their sins. Israel didn't want to hear it. Later on, a false prophet takes a yoke from Jeremiah's neck and breaks it and calls Jeremiah a Liar! You see, I believe that we're living in that same kind of day as well where people are rejecting the truth. People don't want to hear the truth anymore. People don't want to hear that we need to live a holy life. People don't want to hear that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, that he is the only way to get to heaven. People don't want to hear these things anymore. No, instead, just like Scripture said, they have itching ears and they want preachers and teachers and churches that will tell them what they want to hear. They want to come in and they want to be coddled and they want to be loved. And listen, I don't want to miss don't misinterpret this here because we want to love people. But can I tell you that true love is telling people the truth of what this book says. Listen, I know what I could do. I'm not, I'm not the smartest, but I'm not the dumbest either. I know what I could do. I know what kind of things I could preach to build up a crowd and make people feel all warm and fuzzy inside and never call out any faults and ne never call out any sin and get people in. But listen, I have a responsibility. We as a church have a responsibility for people to hear the truth of the God gospel. Amen. That's all right. Give God praise. You see, Israel felt that because they were the seed of Abraham, they could do what they wanted with no real consequences. You know, many lost people today simply feel untouchable and they just say, hey, there's not really a God. I'm going to live this way. There's, there's not really a God. That's just all. The people are just wanting to hold me back. Many Christians just play the grace card and feel that they can just do whatever they want to do. But God called Jeremiah to tell people the hard stuff. He called him to say, God has seen your sin. I know this is not a popular message. I realize that this morning. But can I tell you that nothing is hidden from the eyes of the Lord. The Lord sees all. The Lord sees my sin. The Lord sees your sin. The Lord sees the sins of the nation. The Lord sees the sins of the world. And just as Jeremiah said, the judgment is on the way in that day it was judgment in the way and the form of Nebuchadnezzar and the armies of Babylon but folks in 2021 I've still got to declare that judgment is still 
coming. Judgment is coming to those that will live in sin and will not repent and will not have their names written in the Lamb's book of life. And God is calling some people today to tell the hard stuff to those who don't want to hear it. God is calling us, church. He is calling us to say it may be uncomfortable when people don't want them they begin to talk about it for you to say yes sin will send you to hell it may be uncomfortable for us to say the heart we don't want to preach it we don't want to talk about it anymore we don't want to talk about that sin is sin and sin will that the wages of sin is death but God is calling us like Jeremiah to tell people the hard stuff now what did it cost well it cost Jeremiah beatings jailings and rejection. God promised Jeremiah this. He said, I will be with thee. Folks, I can tell you very firmly that I have not found in this book anything that says that you will never go through a difficult time. But I have found over and over and over again that he said, I will be with you wherever you go. You see, we find that he was with Daniel in the lion's den. We find that he was the fourth man in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We find that he was there in the prison with John the Baptist. He was there in the uttermost dungeon of the prison where Paul and Silas was. But when they praised, the Spirit of the Lord came in. We find that he was with Paul. Paul testifies that he was beaten chained, shipwrecked, snake bitten, all the way to the chopping block of Caesar Nero, God was with him. Folks, I can tell you as the psalmist said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. I can't tell you you'll never have to walk through that valley. I can't tell you you'll never have to face a lion's den. I can't tell you you'll never have to face a fiery furnace. I can't tell you that you'll never face rejection. I can't tell you that people aren't going to mock you. But one thing I can tell you for sure is this, that when you go through it, you do not have to go through it alone. But God Almighty said, I will be there with you. Give him praise if you believe that this morning. So we must get our own unrealistic expectations out of our heads and realize that God may give us a hard message, take us to undesirable places, but he will be with us. Thirdly and finally, Jeremiah tried to quit, but the word just wouldn't let him. Jeremiah tried to quit, but the word just would not let him. Look back at verse 9. But if I say, I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a Fire. You see, this called ordained prophet of the Most High God said, I won't even make mention of him or speak of him 
anymore. Listen, that's what he said. The word has brought insult to me, reproach to me. I don't even want to talk about God anymore. Oh, now that makes us a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. I mean, that's the prophet Jeremiah. I mean, that'd make us uncomfortable. The preacher got up and said, I don't even want to talk about God anymore. But that's exactly what Jeremiah said, didn't he? He said, I don't want to mention him. I don't want to talk about him. All that has brought me is trouble and reproach and problems. I don't even want to talk about God anymore. Folks, I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of place or not, but I've been there before. I've been in that place where you get to the place where I don't even know if I want to talk about God anymore. I don't know if I even want to mention his name anymore. Listen, if, if you've been there, trust, I've been there too, and Jeremiah, the prophet, was there too. He said, I don't even want to mention him. I don't want to talk about him. I don't want to have anything else to do. In fact, he said, God has lied to me. He's bullied me. And I don't want anything to do with him. Isn't that what he said? He said, oh, Lord, you deceived me and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. He called God a liar and a bully. My God, if you don't think God is graceful after hearing that, that Jeremiah could accuse God of being a liar and a bully and the Lord still loved him, hey, God is a gracious and merciful God. He called God a liar and a bully. And, and, and maybe some of us have felt that way before about the Lord. We feel like God has lied to us, that God has bullied us. We feel like that we are in that place just like Jeremiah. But then the second part of that verse is this. His word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones and I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I can not. You see, but just when he tried to hold it in, he just couldn't do it. He was mad at God. He was hurt at God. He thought God was a liar and a bully. And he said, I'm not going to tired of it. I am so weary of it. I just don't, I'm not going to mention him. I'm not going to speak about him anymore. But he said, the more I tried, the hotter it burned on the inside of me. Folks, that's why I keep preaching. I've been preaching it for years. That's why we've got to have the word of the Lord on on the inside of us. What's going to keep us from quitting when things get tough? What's going to keep us from giving up when things get difficult? I believe it's going to be when this right here, when we try to shut up about it, when we don't want to talk about it anymore, but when we stop, it just starts burning hotter, and it just starts burning hotter, and we cannot keep our mouth shut anymore. He said, I became weary of holding it in, and I cannot prevail. Folks, I'm telling you, if you'll get this word on the inside of me, you may go through difficulty. You may go through pain. You may go through hurt. But there will come a time that even when you try to stop saying it, when you try to quit talking about it, it's going to burn on the inside of you so that you cannot help but open your mouth and speak forth what the word of the living God says. Stand with me if you will, please, this morning.
can't quit now. You know, for some reason, people get ideas in their mind that things are supposed to be a certain way in a lot of different ways. Like I've said, we get pictures of what we think is supposed to happen in our life, a plan and a picture of how we think everything is supposed to unfold. And we get discouraged when it doesn't happen that way. You know, sometimes we get, we get mad at God. We get discouraged at God. We become aggravated with God. I think it's safe to say in reading this, Jeremiah was pretty mad at God, pretty hurt at God, pretty offended with God. You know, then there's some of us that we get an unrealistic, unrealistic expectation that, you know, that we should somehow come to this place that, that we never struggle ourselves. Can I just tell you, that's, that's not biblical either. When I look all, when I read all throughout that book, and I read about men and women throughout the Bible, I read about as I've already said, I've in, even in that whole Bible, there's only one perfect person. Other than that, all the rest of them struggle. All the rest of them. The prophet Elijah, he was depressed. He wanted to quit. He wanted to give up. Jeremiah called God a liar and a bully. Folks, all throughout the scriptures we find him. Just after celebrating Easter last week, I think about Peter. Peter denied him three times. Three times he denied him. And all of us, you can go throughout, go past there. You come and you find Paul becomes discouraged. You go through it, and I don't have time there. Paul begins to talk about John Mark. John Mark, on a missionary journey, got, got tired and went home, gave up. Paul didn't want to deal with him anymore. That's what split up Paul and Barnabas. And Barnabas said, no, let's get and Later on in Paul's writings in the end, you find, he says, send John Mark to me. Why? Because he came back. He got discouraged, but he came back. All throughout scriptures we find, listen, discouragement doesn't come from God, but discouragement comes to the people of God, unfortunately, because that's the world that we live in. But we can't let discouragement be the end of us. We can't let discouragement be the end of our relationship with God, the end of what we do for Him. Listen, it's going to come, but it, does, it can't end us. You can't give up. You can't quit. We've come too close now, folks. Listen, I'm talking, to, I'm talking to people personally. You've come too close to give up now. You've come too far to quit now. And I'm talking to us as a church. We've come too far to give up now. We've come too far to quit now. Folks, I know, I know there's been some dry times. There's been some difficult times. Jamie and I were walking this past week. We were walking and we are talking about, you know, Sometimes it can, you know, I really, man, I wish that we could have just, just stepped in here. I wish this place was full two services today, but that just hadn't quite happened yet because, as I've said, it don't always happen the way we think it's going to happen. But you know what? It is going to happen, and I can see already things happening. Listen, I know it can be discouraging, but please, please don't quit. 
Please don't. We have come too far. I'm telling you, we are right on the brink of seeing what God wants to do because most of the time it is in the deepest, darkest place that God does the greatest miracles, isn't it? I mean, I, I talked about it, Daniel, in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. It's in those deepest, darkest, most discouraging times that it's then God can show himself mighty. So I don't know what you're going through here today. Maybe it's something personal. Maybe you've had a burden for the church. You've just been discouraged. You just wish things could happen. And all. Listen, I'm telling you, it's don't quit now. You can't give up now. You cannot quit now. God wants to do great and mighty things in your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You just lift your hands for a moment right now all across this sanctuary. Father, I just pray for encouragement right now. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come on, church, just begin to call out to him right now. Would you do that? Would you do that and just begin to call out to the Lord right now? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You've come too far to turn back now. You can't quit now. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless the name of the Lord. We bless the name of the Lord in this place. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, if you're here in this place today, you say, I'm, I'm, I'm determined. I am determined. I am not going to quit. I am not going to give up. I am going to stay the course. I am not turning back. If that's you, I just want you to come and find a place at this altar. Would you do that this morning? If you say, I've determined, I'm making up my mind. I am not going to quit. I am not going to stop. I am not going to give up. I want you to just come and find a place right now. Would you do that? Would you just say, I've made up my mind. I am determined. Listen, I'm not saying you're perfect. You may have faced some of these discouraging things. You may have faced some things that have gotten you down. But you say, I'm not quitting now. I'm not giving up now. I will not stop now. I am determined now more than ever. I will not quit. I will not give up. I've come too far. Oh, hallelujah. 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 As they begin to sing, come on, just come and find a place down here at these altars today. Let's pray together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There've been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation. 
that my trials only come to make me strong through it all through it all I've learned to trust in Jesus I've learned to trust in God through it all through it all I've learned to depend upon his word I've been a lot of places and I've seen a lot of faces and there's been times that I felt so alone. But in those lonely hours, yes, those precious lonely hours, Jesus let me know I was his own. Through trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God through it all. Through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. So I thank God for the mountains and I thank him for the valleys. And I thank him for all the storms he has brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know that he could solve them. And I wouldn't know what faith in God can do. through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon Jesus' word. trust in 
Jesus. Yes, I've, I've learned to trust in God through it all. Yes. Through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. Father, I pray that you would just help us, Lord, that we would not give up. We have come too far. We cannot quit now. Lord, you have brought us through too much. We have seen you do too much, oh God. We can't quit now. We can't turn back now. We cannot give up now, oh Lord. I pray for determination. I pray for determination in the name of Jesus. You told us, be not weary and well in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we do not faint, oh God. Do not let us quit now. Do not let us stop now. Do not let us change course now. Hey, mama, shete be Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just reach over and touch somebody on the shoulder beside you. Just pray for them right now. Pray that they wouldn't quit. Pray that they wouldn't give up. Pray that they wouldn't stop. Come on, just pray one for another right now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray one for another, oh God. We pray for one another. That's what you said. You said for us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Lord Jesus, we do that just as you took our problems on your back, Lord, at the cross. Lord, we pray, we take on the needs of each other, God our brothers and sisters and we pray one for another that we would not quit that we would not give up that we would not turn back oh Lord that we would hold on yes Jesus we hold on oh God we hold on to one another we hold on to you oh God we're not turning back we're not giving up oh Lord Father, strengthen us. Encourage us, oh Lord, right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank the Lord. I don't know about y'all. I feel like I've been in church this morning. I thank God for his presence, for his power here in this place. Listen, as we go, as we leave here today or as you leave, go to Sunday school or as you're leaving the building, I want you to just make sure you tell everybody you see leaving today, say, you can't quit now. Let's pray. We'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for what you've done today. God, I pray your blessings upon each one. Lord, as those that go to Sunday school, anoint our classes, those that are leaving, protect them. Lord, I just thank you for you've got great things in store. We just give you praise in Jesus' mighty name and everybody says amen. Make sure you tell everybody you can't quit now. You're dismissed.